we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Broadcast Nation, we got Shawna Hughes, ADHD nutritionist. So one of our first episodes we've done on ADHD and for whatever reason, it seems like this is becoming more and more of an issue. You're seeing it more on social media and adults and kids. And so we thought we'd bring on somebody that manages ADHD through nutrition. So whether you're on meds or not on meds, what can people ingest to reduce their symptoms and become their better selves? This is a great conversation we had with Shauna. Before getting started, Make sure to check out quadcast.substack.com. Solutions for healthcare, all on one site where we have video content, podcasts for real, blogs on all things healthcare, how to eat better, how to stay fit, women's health, men's health, how to change the system as a whole. Leadership content, healthcare leadership, we all house it on one spot. That's quadcast.substack.com for real, where we change the boogie. So without further ado, let's do this. Shauna Hughes. Quadcast Nation, we are doing a very unique episode. This is our first ADHD episode that I can think of in our 200 plus episodes. And we have Shauna Hughes, ADHD nutritionist, who's come highly recommended from the Mississauga area. So welcome, Shauna, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Absolutely. So we see a lot of ADHD diagnosis, whether it's formal or informal. And maybe we could get a sense from you, like, how's business? Are you seeing more cases over the last few years? Is this something that's kind of plateaued for you? What's the kind of volume that you're you're seeing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the, the reason I chose this niche was because I was seeing that there were so many, this was very prevalent. And one of my daughters went through the diagnostic procedure um, for inattentive ADHD. And I was noticing, oh, no, there's no real alternatives here except medication and, uh, you know, talk therapy. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely busy. I definitely get a lot of um, inquiries and a lot of clients and a lot of people coming to me recommended from some doctors and psych psychiatrists, psychologists that I know. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a bigger issue. And especially now during COVID, I think because a lot more people are struggling with that dietary aspect, things kind of fell off the rails uh, for a lot of people's routine and, and what they were eating during the lockdowns and everything. So things are just that much more amplified right now, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely, Shauna. It, it's interesting to hear your perspective because you, you had your own experience when it came to the ADHD assessment, and and maybe we could dive into it a little bit more. Like you, you had concerns about initiating medications and so forth, and and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have similar, app, you know, concerns about initiating meds. So what 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 were your concerns? To tell you the truth with my daughter, I never really considered meds because she wasn't struggling in all areas and it wasn't one of those things where she wouldn't have been able to function without meds. Um, but it's it's always in the air, right? Teachers are always sort of bringing it. Well, there's always, even though they're not technically allowed to, they, <laughs> they'll say things like, well, there's always medications. Um, for me, I just, I always, my philosophy as a you know, a holistic health professional is that like, I never want to go to meds if they're not necessary. If they are, then that's fine. That's something you need to do. Um, I just, for in my own personal experience, I've been prescribed a lot of medications that I later found out were not necessary and actually did a lot of harm to my body versus actually, you know, helping the problem. So um, my go-to thing is always, what can I do without meds? So you know, supplementing and changing the diet and hydrating everything that factors into mental health and mood and attention, everything. That's what I do first. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And how much can nutritional status impact kids ADHD? Oh my gosh. It's so variable. It's, it's bizarre, actually. It's the things I see are bizarre. I've seen kids go from like just making a couple changes. So some kids who are really sensitive to those dyes, right? So like we've we've heard, I'm sure you've heard probably, and and many of your listeners have heard about the the chemical food dyes. How a certain small number, small percentage of people are very sensitive to them, and some people just cut out those dyes, and it's fine. And I had a client who cut out gluten, and her child went from like you know, diagnosable to non-diagnosable ADHD. So sometimes it is something simple, like a very severe sensitivity. But normally I tell people, normally you, I see about, a, you know, symptoms getting maybe 30, 40% less severe, right? Focus improving quite a bit, but it's not going to get to the point where you just suddenly don't have ADHD anymore, right? It's just something about the way your brain is is made. So Mm -hmm. On average, I would say that, but the, the odd case is miraculous. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned a couple food items like the, the dyes, the gluten. Are there any other 
specific foods that you see trigger ADHD? Those are those are pretty much the only two. Um, there's kind of like not great literature research on other ones, but I've never seen it. Um, I, I don't think it's really very common. There could be the odd kid or the odd adult even who's just super sensitive to a certain substance. Um, and we don't know why, but no, I, those are the two main ones. And and the the acute reaction to gluten, I don't see it very often. It's and usually the parents kind of know if they track, you know, a some kids diet for three four days. It's pretty obvious what's causing it. So, what what is your assessment? Your day look like? You see a kid that potentially is di- either diagnosed or uh, or maybe pre diagnosed. Like, how, how do you what's what's your assessment look like? Yeah. So what I do is I ask, always ask parents for a, for a health history, just so I see what's going on, but what they've had in the past, if there are other issues there, like if there's a lot of digestive issues, maybe there's absorption issues too with certain nutrients and whatnot. But I'm asking for that. I'm asking for a three-day meal plan so I can see what they're eating. It's, you know, going to jump out at me right away if something is lacking. And a lot of kids with ADHD are eating a really high-carb diet with not a lot of protein. So it's a lot of crackers, cereal, um, uh, what do you call it? Granola bars, rice. They love pasta. They love bread and <laughs> all of these things. And they kind of think meat is gross and they don't need a lot of nuts and whole proteins and things like that. Um, so it's pretty evident usually what we need to work on and it's increasing uh, protein and sometimes increasing fat. So we can balance out the blood sugar right so that we can balance out their blood sugar so they're not going on these sugar highs and sugar lows all day long and it's not impacting their focus and mood and um, energy levels so usually that's what i do and a lot of the time um, we're supplementing with things like omega-3s because not a lot of kids are eating fish right they're not and if they are they're eating fish and chips they're not eating like the fatty salmon and sardines and things that we recommend for those and that's so crucial for, for cognitive function. Um, yeah, and iron is another big one that I see lacking. And especially I see a lot of kids with ADHD really like cheese. And I think that's just kids in general really like cheese and milk. And that interferes with iron absorption. So I see a lot of kids who are not eating a lot of meat, um, maybe not a lot of beans and legumes, all the other iron sources. And then they're like overloading on milk and cheese which means they're, you know, that's enough protein, but a lot of people don't know those high calcium foods interfere with iron absorption. So um, a lot of these kids don't have enough iron. A lot of them get tested and it turns out, oh yeah, he's anemic. No wonder, (laughs) no wonder he's, you know, crabby and can't focus and is, you know, has that brain fog all the time. Yeah. Interesting. So really, almost trying to avoid those spikes in in blood sugar and having a high protein diet, higher protein diet can help mitigate that. Um, I've never heard the cheese thing before. So that's, that's interesting. So just like you see more of the kids, like I would imagine pizza or grilled cheese sandwiches, I guess. And, Yeah, I don't know why. There's just a lot of kids out there eating a lot of cheese, a lot of pizza, a lot of macaroni and cheese, pasta with cheese, cheese and crackers, baby bell cheese, lots of cheese everywhere and yogurt. Mm. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and and so, and what kind of, what kind of impact do you feel like you see when some of these modifications happen with the with with our kids? Yeah, so usually what I see is if the, someone's on a high carb diet and we start bringing protein in, we'll see an impact almost right away in terms of focus. So if, if kids go from eating a really higher carb, even if it's not sugary, so you, I'm sure you know this, but many people don't, um, anything that's high in carbs turns into sugar in your, in your, in your blood, right? In your body. So it can, you know, you'll see diabetic people, even if they're not eating you know, sugary things, they'll also avoid things like bread and white rice because it can spike up their blood sugar. So a lot of kids are eating things like, um, you know, Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch and these, you know, pancakes even, if it's just regular old Aunt Jemima pancakes, that's a really high carb food. So what it does is it gives you a little bit of a burst of energy um, and it doesn't last very long, right? So you get that kind of a little I don't want to call it a buzz, but you know, you get that little boost of energy. If your kid is hyperactive, they might get a little more hyperactive. And then a couple hours later, usually when they're in school, that's when the brain fog and that kind of crash sets in and suddenly they can't, you know, they're not focused. The teacher's repeating things 16 times and wondering why this kid is not registering. So a lot of the times we start with breakfast and we introduce things like, you know, like eggs, like bacon and, you know, high protein shakes. If they don't have a lot of time in the morning to have breakfast, you know, we're finding a nice good protein powder and putting it in a shake. And then you'll see an increase in their focus typically throughout the day. Um, and an, and a decrease in their hyperactivity, but that's a little bit more complex, but mm. yeah. But the, the focus aspect, you, you could really see a, a change. Yeah. I, I know you're saying it's complex, but I'm curious now, in terms of the hyperactive component, mm-hmm. any clear guidelines from from a nutritionist's point of view? Yeah. So same thing, like avoiding those really high-carb meals and snacks without protein along with them. So if you're eating, if your kids are eating things like pancakes, make sure that you're giving them something on the side, like a, like a protein powder shake or like bacon on the side or eggs on the side. Right. So that that's balancing out their blood sugar. So they're not getting those spikes. So it impacts some kids more than others that that blood sugar spike and that blood sugar crash. But Definitely. I mean, we all seen this in our own kids, right? Like on Halloween and on Christmas when they eat a whole bunch <laughs> of like candy and things like that, they go bonkers, even though like they're, they, some people say that's not proven. Like everybody knows it, right? Everybody knows it. So definitely those high sugar foods are going to make things worse, a lot worse for kids with ADHD, but the high carb things can make them worse as well. Just not as severely worse. Like, you know, as eating fruit loops is not as bad as eating candy obviously yeah. <laughs> and maybe it'd be a good opportunity to hear from you like your go-to or recommended sources for protein for for many of the families sure yeah yeah for just any any meal of the day or yeah, yeah i so. mean we, we heard a little bit about breakfast and and, and bacon yeah. protein uh protein shake but yeah like whether it's lunch or supper ones that you think can give you good bang for your buck? 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, everybody knows that meat is a good source of protein. So any kind of like whole meat, right? We don't want to be eating a whole bunch of like, you know, pepperoni all the time because it's it's more processed and there's weird things in it. Um, but any kind of meat, but some good like grab and go snacks are things like hummus where it's like it's the chickpea dip, right? So you can just dip things like veggies in it. You can dip things like pitas into it. That adds a bit of protein. You know, hard boiled eggs can be taken if your kids like them. Things like um, roasted chickpea snacks we have now and you can get um, chocolate covered chickpeas now, which are actually quite good. Things like nuts and seeds. So at school, the nuts. I think in Canada, mainly we, we ban nuts. Um, most of my clients are in the States and it depends. But if you can bring nuts, if you can bring things like sunflower seeds, sometimes kids will eat, you make like a little homemade trail mix, sunflower seeds and raisins, sunflower seeds and chocolate chips, something like that. Um, what else? Uh, even like beef jerky and little, those little meat sticks, I call them, I think they're called pepperettes technically. Yeah, pepperettes, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of cleaner brands out there now, right? Yeah. So people often get kind of like, oh, beef jerky, is that is that really healthy? Like there are quite a few good brands out there. Um, and they'll say something on them like clean, no, no added nitrates or things like that on them, no added sugar. Um, and they're a really easy thing to just grab and go for a snack or, or in a lunch, you know, that's something that's not banned by most schools and dairy products too like dairy products are higher in protein um they can interfere with digestion in some in some kids but if not then it's an easy thing to to take with you right just as long as you're not overdoing it and having dairy at every meal because as we mentioned that can interfere with iron yeah greek yogurt is a staple in our house yes uh, everyone likes the greek yogurt except me i think (laughs) Oh, the taste or just the... I just don't like it yet. <laughs> no, I, yeah, we, yeah, I just feel like it's a great, good bang for your buck. You know, a cup, I think, is like 16 grams of protein. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll put it in the smoothies mostly for the boys. So this is this is awesome, like in terms of getting, getting ways to increase a kid's protein intake and especially for those that are, uh, struggling with with the ADHD symptoms. So w- before we were talking on, uh, uh, before we press the record button, you mentioned a lot of kids on meds, for, for example, mm-hmm. have tough time. Yeah, maintaining enough caloric intake. They'll, I don't know. They'll, maybe they lose weight or they they stop uh, gaining weight. What kind of uh, suggestions do you make in those circumstances? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of kids, yeah, if they're taking stimulants in the morning, then they don't have any appetite for the whole entire day at school. So a lot of parents will say, yeah, my kid eats breakfast, we give him his meds, comes home and nothing's nothing's been eaten out of the, uh, the lunchbox, which is obviously problematic um, for many reasons. And then they come home and they want to binge, right? So we really need to focus on getting them a really good breakfast in. So sometimes it's difficult if we have early start dates for school, but we need to look at getting a really calorie dense, higher protein breakfast into them in the morning. So a lot of the time it's about, you know, maybe they're eating like a high, a high, um, 
higher calorie, higher protein granola. A lot of granolas are are very calorie dense just because of their their what they're made of is nuts and nuts and oats. Um, and then having something on the side like a like a protein shake, like we have the Orgain protein powder, Vega protein powder, all like kid friendly protein powders. And you can just put that even just in milk, right? Like rather than making a whole big smoothie ordeal, like you can just throw that in some milk. Almost, you're almost trying to like double the calories of, of breakfast to make sure they get enough and to stop that blood sugar crash. Because even though they don't have the appetite, right, they're not physically hungry at school, they're still going to have that like there's no more glucose left. I mean, not no more, but the level of glucose because it's been so long since they eat is going to lower and they're going to get all like brain foggy and, and out of focus and potentially crabby, right? When our blood sugar goes uh, down, we also tend to get kind of snappy and irritable too. So our goal is to try and really bump up the calories in breakfast. And then for lunch, try and include lighter things like, that you think they'll eat. So if they're not very hungry at lunch, you know, you don't want to give them something big and heavy, like a big sub sandwich or something. It's probably not going to go over well, but ask them because many children, like many, the vast majority who are taking those meds and adults too, actually, this is, this is the same for adults who are taking meds. Um, They don't have an appetite, but certain types of food are less kind of, objectionable to them. So some kids, they don't have an appetite, but they'll eat some crunchy things. They'll eat a little bit of something that's crunchy. Other kids are like, you know, I'm not hungry, but I'll eat something that's kind of uh, like yogurt texture, right? Because it's almost like it's not really a solid that they're eating. Other kids are very sensitive to uh, temperature. So they might eat frozen blueberries or something like that because they're not hungry. They have no appetite, but that is like less horrible to them. So it's kind of a little digging in terms of what to give them for lunch and finding out what is at least, least unattractive to them and including those specific things in their lunch, like balanced options. So if they like crunchy things, it's not about just giving them cookies, but you maybe want to give them like, uh, you know, crackers, but ones that have a bit more substance to them, right? Like that aren't just, uh, flour and water (laughs) Mm. and then after school it's about being prepared right so when they come home from school often this is around the same time the meds are wearing off and they're going to want to eat everything in sight so it's about having that like stash or that uh, you know area in the fridge things that they even a list sometimes parents it helps to have a list of like here's your after school snacks especially if parents are not there or if they're working from home but they can't be there there having that list of here's what you can have after school and having balanced options on there like granola bars that aren't super sugar filled you know fruit uh, that's either easy to slice or it's like grab and go fruit um you know baby carrots dips in uh like I said, like hummus with carrots or hummus with pita, you know, having those easy grab and go things. So they're not going home and just grabbing for cookies and chips and things like that. Brilliant. Sorry. That was a very long answer. But it's, 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 I know, like I said, there's a lot of families out there that I think will benefit from this information. There's a lot of people that are struggling with, 
these issues and any guidance at all in terms of how to make sure our kids are fueling themselves for for what they need, I think is will be taken extremely well. Um, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And there's also the issue of hydration. Sorry to blab on about this. No, but, no, this is good. Uh, with, with meds, um, they do tend to dehydrate kids a bit because they dry out their mouth and then that just kind of leads to a bit more of dehydration and they're not sometimes drinking enough water to uh, accommodate for that. Uh, so that's, that's really important too, because you can, you can get by if you're eating a, a good amount of, of calories, a good amount of nutrients before school and a really big snack after school, you can get by eating, you know, a very a pretty small amount of food during the school day. It's not going to be the end of the world. Um, but you want to make sure they're hydrating during the school day um, just because that impacts um, well, so many things, right? That impacts mm. um, their ab- ability to focus. That actually impacts their blood sugar too, right? If you're dehydrated, your blood is, is less... Um, you know, your body can't lower the blood sugar as well. And just to process those meds, right? We don't want our body to be um, struggling with, you know, detoxing out the meds every day. So that, and that's often an issue too. So trying different things to try and get them to drink water. I mean, if they're not drinking water, water, you can try like those, those fizzy waters that don't have any of the gross sugars and, um, what do you call it? Sweeteners in them. You can try like few, you can get those bottles with the infusers on them. You can add like herbs like mint or strawberries or things to kind of flavor the water a little bit um, Mm -hmm. to make it better. A lot of kids will take tea, right? Especially this time of year, it's cold and they'll, they'll bring a little thermos of like a flavored tea if that's what they prefer. So really trying to make sure they don't get dehydrated. This is good too. I I like the idea of of engaging the the littles and getting a sense of what works for them. As you mentioned at lunchtime, what what texture, what what kind of food would you would work for you? And then even when it comes to optimizing nutri- uh, hydration, it only makes sense to you know as long as the the drink is not going to spike their sugars, it makes yeah. sense to be able to give them a menu of options that would optimize how, how much they drink. Yeah. And we don't do it often. I mean, sometimes parents just keep giving their kids options rather than asking them, well, what don't you like about this? Right. I've had multiple parents who said, yeah, it turns out my kid doesn't like cold water. Mm -hmm. They weren't drinking the water because it was too cold. Mm -hmm. So the moms start giving them, you know, room temperature water and suddenly it's not an issue anymore. So need to be a little bit detectives as parents. <laughs> no, thank you for that. Is there any other major dietary suggestions, whether it is for, you know, improving symptoms, improving effectiveness of meds, for managing the the lack of 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 hunger? Is there anything else that comes to mind, Shauna? Um there are certain, I don't know if I would say there's certain foods specifically, but there's certain kind of deficiencies, right? So mm. when kids don't have enough iron, sometimes they don't have an appetite. Um, so just watching for for things like that when you get their annual checkups to maybe check on that. Um, 
And definitely the omega-3s, again, like that's usually taken as a supplement, but that's something that for sure, that's really the only supplement that by itself has been proven to actually improve focus and ability to pay attention for a longer period of time. So, I mean, everybody should probably be taking an omega unless they're eating a lot of fish, (laughs) a lot of oily fish. And the other thing is too, like, if your kid has a lot of digestive issues, as I kind of alluded to earlier, that's something you're going to want to address just because they're not going to be absorbing things as optimally as if their digestion wasn't affected, right? If your kid is constantly constipated or having loose bowel movements, um, you know, something weird is going on there and you might have to figure out if there's some kind of a trigger there, right? Maybe they shouldn't be eating dairy because it's, you know, causing these issues. Maybe they they need to look at other alternatives. Um, but yeah, anything, anything major digestive is going to be, that's a your hint that, that there's some malabsorption going on. For real. Shauna, this has been super valuable. And I think once again, many, many parents are going to find this information quite helpful. How can people get a hold of you if, in case they want to use your services? Yeah, sure. So usually uh, I do all my social media things on Instagram. So it's just at Shauna Hughes ADHD Nutrition on Instagram. Um, and yeah, the website's just shaunahughesnutrition.com if you want to check that out too. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Shauna. No problem. All right, Qualcast Nation, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. YouTube, TikTok at Quadcast. You can comments at Quadcast99 at gmail.com. Check out our Substack. Don't forget about Quadcast.substack.com, where we house all of the healthcare solutions for real. Leave us a five star rating or 17 star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to my folks in Tabor, Alberta. I love your corn. Connect to you real soon. Peace.